Did you miss Canty and Carlin? We don't around here. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESP Radio, but it's really Fitz and Douglas. Douglas and Fitz. I don't know which one we want to go. Uh, either way, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we are in for the guys. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hang out with us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about panic. We're going to talk a lot about patience. We're going to talk a lot about everything that's happening so far and what the level of concern should be for some playoff caliber football teams. But first and foremost, what I what I know is that over the course of the next four hours, we're going to walk you through a therapy session. Why do I know that? Because I need one myself. At some point, when you'd start talking about expectations and what we thought we were going to see this season, oh man. There is nobody that has lived up to that less than my beloved Raiders. And it leads to a real thought process here of who we should be concerned the most about. Now, it's easy to say the Raiders are 0-3, and that means that absolutely they should be the key to everyone's concern. I'm not so sure. Look, I know the sky's falling, and I know everything looks like it's going to be terrible, and 0-3 isn't the start that I thought the Raiders would have right now. But I'm not willing to say that all is lost for them, particularly because of the way they've lost. There are teams that have looked uglier in the process. This is one of those moments where, like, maybe the night's not going the way you expected it to go, but the Raiders are not the ugliest girl at the bar. I don't care what you say. The prettiest guy at the bar, Harry Douglas, coming straight off of this just in – Looking dapper, Harry, by the way. Like, Harry Douglas looking fine. Got the suit jacket on. I'm sitting here in a hoodie. Didn't put anything in my hair. Harry Douglas looking good. My brother, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, my friend. Glad to be on with you. Canty and calling right now. 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Me and Jason Fitz, we're about to let it fly. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Bringing all the energy uh, because uh, as we start thinking about panic and who should be concerned heading into week four in the NFL, Harry, I'm trying to bring some of the positivity to a team that you know I love. Uh-oh. Uh, 0-3. I know it hasn't gone well for the Raiders, but let's be real. Three straight games where the offenses had the ball in their hands yep. as time expired with the opportunity to either win or tie the game. I don't think that the sky is falling. I just think the little things haven't gone right yet for the Raiders. So while I am obviously concerned at 0-3, I'm not willing to go into full panic mode. Am I wrong? Ooh. Well, Derek Carr, let's 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 talk about that for a second. Okay. Derek Carr has to be better as a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. You see the first few games of the year, the turnovers really plagued his team. But not only that, you brought over Devontae Adams, who's the best wide receiver in the National Football League. I think so. Um, utilize him, right? Even when he's double covered, he's a guy that he's he's still gonna make the play. And on numerous of occasions in that ball game against the Tennessee Titans, you've seen Devontae Adams being open and should have been the read and Derek Carr looking elsewhere. So my mindset is, okay, these guys are best friends. Trust me, I know this because I worked out with them uh, one offseason together out there in, 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 in California, and they have a great relationship. They do everything together. Wooda, wooda, woo. That's your guy. You got to throw the football to him. You got to get it to him. And I don't want Derek Carr to get caught up in, you know what, I have to diversify this football to everybody. Don't forget what your bread and butter is. And I understand that it's been a long time since you played with uh, Devontae Adams at Fresno State, but he is the bread and butter for the Las Vegas Raiders. And he has to understand that going into a football game, when it's crunch time, when they need a score, when they need a play. I, I would take my chances 
with Derek Carr throwing Devontae Adams the football, double covered, versus somebody one-on-one coverage. And I'm just being honest because he's proven time and time again why he was with the Green Bay Packers that he's going to make that play. The first week against, uh, I can't remember who their pro- opponent was the first week. but Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. He made play after play after play. He was that guy. Don't stray away from it. Don't go, don't, don't, don't go in disarray and get dismantled and go to everybody else. No, go to Devontae Adams. He is the guy. He is your guy. Okay, but think about it this way. And and I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I think part of what this happened, what happened is week one, you mentioned the aggressiveness to Devontae, but there were also some interceptions. And Carr looked a little out of rhythm. It feels like coming off of being super aggressive in week one, weeks two, and week three, he's gone a lot more conservative. He's taking less chances. That means less balls to Devontae. But if I had to ask you to risk the Harry Douglas just the empire, we're going to call it that. The the empire, the mm-hmm. the the mansion, the eighteen Porsches. This is how I imagine Harry Douglas lives. <laughs> if I reckless right now, I mean, if I if I had to, the private jets, we're putting all of it on the line uh, for the Raiders to continue this slide or to normalize and turn out to be a pretty good football team. Right now, if you had to risk all of that. What do you think happens? Well, I'm not risking it, first of all. Well, I mean, that's I it. mean, you look yeah, you think about the division they're playing in. The AFC West, and they're one of the main reasons why the AFC West is being looked down upon right now. We thought this was going to be the best division in football coming into the season. But, you know, you have question marks in Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, even though they're 2-1. and one. Right? You look at the Chargers and what they, the, what they haven't been able to do, and the injury bug has plagued that team. Uh, then you have the Raiders starting 0-3, the only 0-3 football team in the National Football League at the moment. I thought we were So this, this division has not lived up to its hype. And I want to look at their schedule first, Fritz, before I answer that question. They have Dan- Denver and Kansas City next. Two straight wins, And right? you, can't just, you can't just sit up here and say, <laughs> <laughs> stop it right there. You can't just sit up here and say they're going to beat Houston. Houston has been playing some damn good football of late. I, I'm just being honest with you. You can't just say that's a pencil at that end as a win anymore. New Orleans, they're going to win that. New Orleans is a mess right now. Hot mess. Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and what he's been able to do so far uh, under his head coach and that new energy in Jacksonville, you can't just say that's going to be a win. I actually have the Jaguars, as constructed right now, winning that game against the Raiders when it comes up. I, uh, the craziest part of what you're talking about right now is a reminder we all need to keep this and, re- and replay it for ourselves in July. Every fan, every radio person, because in July and August, every year we play the 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 schedule game right we sit there and say oh man schedule looks tough now we're talking about Houston and Jacksonville not being easy outs and the Raiders being an easy out that shows you how much the schedule game has changed but part of this for me Harry is the eye test because I'll go to another team like the Patriots are one and two they have a better record I have absolutely no faith in the Patriots offense even before Mac Jones unfortunate injury but now especially with that injury like I am more concerned about the Patriots at one and two knowing that they're not going to catch the Bills and it doesn't look like they have any shot at being as good as the Dolphins even right now I, I went into this season saying that the Patriots were closer to the Jets than they were to to the Bills and I got just destroyed by Patriots fans three games in I haven't seen anything that's changed my mindset on that. I'm more concerned about New England. Yeah, before the season started, I didn't didn't think the New England Patriots were going to make the playoffs, period. Because of the offensive woes, they don't have a go-to guy, a number one guy. Hey, if the game's on the line, this is who we're going to. Like the Raiders doing Devontae Adams and Hunter Henry or also Darren Waller. You have three guys that you can actually go to. 
So I didn't think the Patriots coming into the season were, were even going to make the playoffs, which how they're constructed. Then you move over to the defensive side of the ball for them, and they don't have what Bill Belichick normally has in his secondary, and that's a number one guy that you can just put on the team's best uh, skill position player or wide receiver and say, you know what, take him away, shut them down. You talk about guys uh, in the day like uh, Darrell Revis, Akeem Tlaib, uh, J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Ty Law. All these guys played in the back end of that secondary for Bill Belichick, and it's a luxury to have a guy that that can just take take away half of the football field. They don't have that either. So then when you start talking about panic or patience on all of this, where are you with a team like the Bengals? One and two right now, and every week I feel like, I mean, they're, they're about to have a huge Thursday night matchup, and I feel like every week we sit here and say, you know what, this is the week it's all going to click for the pay, for the Bengals again. I think the, the most important thing for them is being able to to protect Joe Burrow. That, that's why they had the two losses. But like, that what they do had- you do when you can't, like, because you're right about that, Harry, like, they spend a ton of money. So, like, what do you do when you look around and realize that maybe your team just really sucks at analyzing offensive linemen? Well, I will say this. I don't, and I don't think they suck, but I think the offensive linemen, as well as the New York football Giants whole line, because that Monday night football game was atrocious. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, it, my eyes were t- crying, crying <laughs> for that quarterback to have a chance. But you look at Joe Burrow and how he was hit last year and coming into the first three games of the year, how he's been hit, especially the first two. You're saying, okay, did we waste our money? But those offensive linemen have to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I got to have a sense of pride about myself and understand we do have a franchise guy. Uh, I got to do my job, number one, and we're not going to have a chance week in and week out if we do not. You've seen against the Jets, they they did a little bit. They protected better. I mean, they gave up two sacks. And I don't even want to say that because I think two sacks is too many. But they only gave up two sacks. It wasn't five. It wasn't six. It wasn't nine like a damn playoff game last year against the Tennessee Titans. They gave up two. You have to be able to get the ball to the skill position players. If you're not able to do that, then you're not going to have a chance if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, you guys can chime in and hang out with us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tell me who you're panicking about. We'll we'll continue to let you guys have a, a, a big part of this conversation. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're in for the guys on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What about the Steelers? Like, Hear me out. I know that Mike Tomlin is, you know, the golden god, and everybody sits there and says, well, never had a losing record. I hear all of that noise all the time. It doesn't change the fact that the Steelers' offense is a a liability, and Mitchell Trubisky is not good. And so I'm looking around saying, you know, I know every year they just figure out a way to win through the shortcomings that they're facing. But if you look at their division, the Browns are are better than we expected them to be with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. The Bengals still have an explosive offense. The Ravens are playing like they want to be the best team in the AFC for the most part. The Steelers feel like they're far and away the worst team in their division with the worst offense to me. I'm very concerned about Pittsburgh. Very concerned is an understatement in my eyes. And we literally just finished talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers on this just in, right? Uh, A show that... Had a handsome host. That's what Mike Max say. Handsome host. Handsome host. Right. <laughs> so, and the thing about this is, and I understand Mike Tomlin has done what he's done in, in the past, but I don't think this year is going to be one of those years. I don't believe in Trubisky. Uh, you, you talk about deficiencies offensively in a league now that is pass happy and about scoring points and the offense going up and down the football field. The injury to T.J. Watt. You can honestly say right now, if it wasn't for Migna Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick. And T.J. Watt, they wouldn't even beat the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals still had a chance to win that game with a ton of turnovers and not being able to protect the quarterback. 
So I think at this moment right now, Mike Tomlin needs to go to Kenny Pickett, the rookie. He's not the normal rookie that that, that, that you're accustomed to coming to the league. He's he spent a lot of time in college. I think he's more seasoned than people give him credit to. But they need a spark offensively. And I think uh, Kenny Pickett can be that guy to give him a little bit more of a spark. I still love the fact that Kenny Pickett goes to work at the same place now that he went to when he was in college. <laughs> it's like amazing. the fact that, like, it's the best thing in the world, right? Be, right? Like, he moved from college to the NFL, and because he moved from Pitt to Pittsburgh, uh, there is no move involved. And so, in the world of continuity and just trying to get your feet under you, one of the things I don't think we look at enough when it comes to rookies is the life change you're asked to suddenly make when you're learning a new city and figuring out where to live and how to live and learning a playbook and all the the junk that comes with that. Like, I, I think Kenny Pickett is so poised to be able to come in and play well if he's actually going to be good enough. Now, speaking of all these teams, I don't think anybody's panicking uh, at this point about the Cowboys, and, and we were a few weeks ago. But I want you to I'm hear. I'm not high on them. Okay, well, that 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 makes this even better. Keyshawn Johnson, uh, the host of Keyshawn J. Will and Max, this is what he said about the Cowboys and his expectations here. I want to get your thoughts on it. Oh, I have to actually hit this little button. There we go. <laughs> this is a 13-type win team. Okay, so if you're 13 and 4, you probably are going to have the first round bye in NFC. Probably. Well, only one of them. Only one. Yeah. Only one, and you'll probably get that. And if they can keep this recipe together, the Cowboys are going to probably wind up in a Super Bowl. If they keep that formula, because what did Tampa Bay do when they first got Tom Brady? The defense hit fire. And Brady made some plays. You know what I think it's going to come they down scored, to as you're talking? They did some stuff. But that defense is ultimately why. So, Same thing with the Rams a year ago. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and that defense is the reason. All right, so you what? just said you're not high on them. Keyshawn saying they could go to the Super Bowl. What What do you think? They're not even the best team in their division. Thank you. The Philadelphia Eagles, in my eyes right now, at, after week three, is the best team in the National Football League, period. Th- th- that's my belief. But you look at the Cowboys. They had eight penalties the other night. They almost lost to the New York football Giants. And I don't care if you had a backup quarterback, but they couldn't even protect their quarterback. They almost lost to the Giants, and if a receiver for the Giants could catch a football and hold on to it, <laughs> Kelly Galladay making all this damn money, for what reason? He had the same amount of catches as I had the other night on Monday Night Football, and he made over $700,000. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me, Fitz? Kenny Galladay, and he's arguing about getting playing time? The Cowboys? I'm not high on them. But I tell you this, a blessing in disguise for this team was Dak Prescott getting hurt. Now, Kellen Moore moving forward, I think needs to take this formula. You know what? We need to lean on this defense and run the football. I just don't think they're going to – I still don't believe they're going to make the playoffs. I'm just that's, – that's just me. I don't think they're going to make it. Well, here's the thing, because I, I, I hear what you're saying. And look, for anyone that's never seen Harry or I in person, one of <laughs> us uh, is in the Ring of Honor at Louisville and played in the NFL. Uh, another one of us, uh, the closest he ever got to the NFL was Madden. You can guess which one was which, right? <laughs> so I'm going to use a Madden analogy here right now. Okay, Harry, I don't know how many, uh, how much video game football you ever played in your life, but sometimes when you're playing Madden, I'm one of those guys that really frustrates everybody because I'll sit there and I'll run the ball, and I will run the ball the entire quarter. I will take every second of every play clock. I'll make sure you're not on the field. I will bore you to death. And what happens after a while is every once in a while you're like, man, this is boring. So I'm going to heave up the ball. 
I know that football coaches are smart or smarter than Madden players, but sometimes the temptation seems similar. Like when you're running an offense and you don't have your most important person in Dak Prescott, you're suddenly forced to focus on balance. When you have Dak back, all of a sudden it becomes really easy to just say, oh man, that tasty treat right there. I could just go out and I could do this and I could do that. Like it takes a different level of self-control for an offensive coordinator to actually stick within the game plan that would be best for the team instead of utilizing the weapons that are so tantalizing at quarterback and at receiver that Dallas feels like they have with CD. So I feel like to your point, Maybe they discovered a formula, but I'm not sure I trust the coaches to stick to that formula once they have all their weapons back because it's tempting to just want to go out there and air it out. I would say this. The only coach I trust right now on that staff is Dan Quinn because that defense has been phenomenal. They were phenomenal last year. They've been phenomenal up to this point. Now, when you talk about the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm looking at their schedule right now, Fitz, I don't think they're going to beat the Rams. I don't think they're going to beat the Eagles. They're not, in my eyes, I don't think they're going to beat the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are a better football team this year. Trust me, people. I have the Lions as a team that can make the playoffs. And when you look throughout the NFC, right, you have the Rams, you have San Francisco. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's three. You talk about Green Bay, four. Minnesota, five. The Detroit Lions, six. And it's one more I'm missing. Who am I missing? And the Philadelphia Eagles. That don't, You look at all those teams, I don't see the Cowboys making it. But for Dak Prescott, he can get they, they get enamored by paying him all this money and want to throw the football all around, all kind of places to the receivers and the lack of weapons that they do don't even have. Run the football. The, the proof is in the pudding. Sometimes you have to have some deficiencies or some bad things happen to your team or somebody to really see what your team is and how you need to go about your business. And I'll tell you one quick story. My receiver coach when I was with the Titans, Sean Jefferson, he's now the receiver coach in Arizona. He told us a story about him making it, right? Making it out of projects. And he was like, I told my mom I wasn't going back. So, Kellen Moore, I'm telling you right now, don't go back. <laughs> don't go back. Don't revert back. He used to tell us in the meeting room, don't revert back. Don't revert back, Kellen Moore. Running the football with Ezekiel Elliott. Yes. Tony Pollard. Yes. Having those two and three tight ends on the football field. That's the formula. Make sure you use it. Anytime a wide receiver is telling you to run the ball, you know things have gotten really weird. Let's go to Justin in Virginia. Justin, thanks for chiming in. Thanks for can- ca- calling Canty and Carlin. I'm going to learn how to speak. Uh, what do you got, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Listen to you guys. Love the show. Um, question, man, I'm a Saints fan, and, I mean, it's hard. You right? You lose Drew Brees. The next year you lose Sean Payton. And I think there's a lot of our fan base that was extremely naive and Oh, you know, Mike Thomas is back. They go get Jarvis Landry. Oh, you draft Chris Olave. You know, oh, you got all these fancy toys. Man, I'm telling you, we might not win seven games this year. Uh-oh. And look, <laughs> I, I want Jameis to see. I want Jameis to succeed, man. I'm pulling for him. I think we all want him to succeed. But man, two games in a row now. Last two games, he's looked like Tampa Jameis. He's thrown five picks in two games, and I don't want to hear the. Oh, one was a batted ball and one was the last play of the game against Carolina. He was atrocious in that Tampa game. Uh, Justin, thanks for the call, man. He he looks like Jameis. And that, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not even trying to throw shade. Before the season started, it's rare that I'm super right on predictions. I predicted that the Saints were not going to be good. Why? Because you don't have Drew Brees and because Dennis Allen is not Sean Payton. And this is what happens. Like, Patriots fans are learning that life isn't as easy when you don't have a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. Well, I think Saints fans are learning that life isn't as easy when you don't have a Hall of Fame-level quarterback and you don't have a Hall of Fame-level head coach. Like, that's just... 
that's part of the agony that most franchises feel all the time. So on the one hand, I feel bad for you, Saints fans. On the other hand, welcome to how the rest of us live. We'll take more of your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who are you panicking about? Who are we overreacting to? You can give us all your thoughts uh, as you call the show. In the meantime, there's a playoff team from last year that's even better than last year. And I think not only are they great, They've given the entire NFL a blueprint they need to follow. We'll tell you about it next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus. It's a much better looking version, though, because it's Harry Douglas and Jason Fitz. I mean, we may not do much right, but we're going to look good while we do it. That's the general rule. We are by far the most attractive. Can you say that again, though? That sounds good. Or like, what is it? Doug is is it Harry and Harry and Fitz or Fitz and in Douglas or Douglas and Fitz? Who like, cares? I'm high on it though. You know what? I'm all uh, and and look. If you're not watching us on Plus, just go out and Google Pictures. We are attractive. Uh, you can <laughs> Kenny and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, hit us up on the Dr Pepper call in line triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. You just heard it in the Sports Center update. We do have some breaking news. A couple of moves for the Los Angeles Chargers, not the least of which is a little bit of a surprise here. Joey Bosa, the all-world uh, rusher, is being put on injured reserve with the designation to return. So what does that mean? That means that he will miss at least four weeks. So we don't know when he will return, but we know he cannot return for at least 
a month. So now you have a team that has already, Harry, been decimated by injuries. Talking about not just the loss of Bosa, they've also offensive line, left tackle. They've got a, a quarterback with broken rib cartilage that's out there trying to numb his way through games. Like the injury bug is taking all of the air out of the Chargers' uh, sails early. And it makes you wonder if maybe the AFC West was a little overhyped coming into this season because I'm not sure everybody's going to live up to the expectation. Yeah, I think I think we overhyped it, but rightfully so, though. When you see a guy like Russell Wilson who's going from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos and they had the defense that they have and, and had it last year as well and you're, a lot of people saying that they're a quarterback away, it's warranted. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they lost Tyreek Hill, but they still have a guy named Patrick Dan Mahomes. And as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a chance week in and week out. Then you go to the Las Vegas Raiders, who made the playoffs last year. You add the best wide receiver in the game, Devontae Adams, to go along with Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs in the backfield, and Hunter Renfro. So, yeah, your antennas are up. And who's the, then you talk about the Chargers, who brought over J.C. Jackson in free agency. Darren James is, is, is back healthy. Um, you brought over Khalil Mack to pair him up with Joey Bosa. Uh, you, you drafted Zion um, Johnson to go along with Rashawn Slater. So, yes, what we thought was going to be the best division in football was warranted because of the moves that were made. Here's the only thing. They got to go on the football field and produce. We can't just sit there on, on shows and talk about it. That's our job, and we're going to do that, but the players got to go out there and perform. And this this Joey Bosa news is huge because you look at a guy like Khalil Mack who has four sacks right now and Joey Bosa has one and a half. I love the combination of those two guys. And if you're an opposing quarterback, if you're saying, okay, all we got to deal with is Khalil Mack now, okay, well, if you're an offensive coordinator, we're going to set our protections to wherever Khalil Mack is to try to uh, diminish what he can do to or how he can possibly wreck our game plan. When you have two guys out there on that football field that are dogs, and I mean her, 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 straight dogs, you can't do that. And then you look in the secondary, and you had J.C. Jackson didn't play the first week, and now he's back. But, he, you know, you're, you're trying to get acclimated to things. And then you have Justin Herbert with the rib injury and, and him being sore and going out there and still trying to play. Keenan Allen missing time. And now uh, Rashawn Slater, he's going to be missing the rest of the season. And then Guyton is on uh, IR now with the ACL. Do you talk about – you talk about stepping in mud and t- mud puddles. The Baltimore Ravens went through this last year. The Tennessee Titans went through this last year. But those teams, I would say, had a chance. Before Lamar Jackson got hurt, the Ravens were eight and three. Right? The Tennessee ended up getting the number one seed. Right now, with that division being uh, it's not as good as I think it can be, but I still think those teams are going to beat up on one another because they're all in scramble mode right now. I don't know if the Los Angeles Chargers can, you know, bounce back from the injury bug that they've hit in, uh, early in the season. Well, and and you know, Shefty tweeting out uh, some good news injuries, uh, good injury news for the Chargers. Keenan Allen is expected to return to practice this week. Yeah, that is good news, but. Another layer, as Lindsey Theory reports, Joey Bosa not only going on injured reserve, but he will have surgery. So we don't know the full extent of when he'll be back. But, man, this is just gutting for the Chargers. Now, to the point of where they overrated, I, I think we need to wait till the end of the year. And this is like the the just the worst part of what we do. And nobody's crying tears for what we do for a living. But <laughs> I'll say this, man. Like, I, I often tell you this, Harry. Like, I think one of the weirdest things about what we do for a living is we write book reports after every chapter. And the book might end up stinking and it might end up being great. We don't have the benefit of waiting until the end to find out. We kind of have to write those reports. So today, does the West look overrated? Yeah, it certainly does. 
you want to tell me like at this point that I, I'm not going to believe that what we saw from the Chiefs last week is going to be the Chiefs for the rest of the year. They're going to be just fine. I still believe that the Raiders have the chance to turn around their season and be very good. I still believe that the Chargers are the most talented team in that division, and if they can get healthy, they can run off a bunch of wins. Now, I don't love the Broncos, but I respect the fact that they've been able to at least pile up some yards. So I think right now, after three weeks, is it overrated? Sure. Is it overrated when we get to the end of the season? I don't think so. There's still plenty of time left for talented teams to go on a run, and all of those teams are very talented. I just The injury that concerns me the most is actually Justin Herbert, and I heard Hasselbeck say it Sunday on Countdown, said he got the same injection that uh, Herbert got, and he said it's the, one of the biggest regrets of his career because he was never right the rest of the season, not sure he was ever right after that. And, you know, you think about the pain that Justin Herbert's going to be asked to play through guess week who, in and guess, week out. Guess who else Guess who else got those injections? Did you get those? Yeah, two oh. separate rib injuries. The rest of the year I had to, you know, get those injections to make sure I can play on Sundays. And my first year in Tennessee, and, you know, you get released from the Falcons in the game that you circle on the calendar is the game against the Falcons. And I hurt my damn ribs and couldn't even go out there and play. But I know Justin Herbert as a quarterback – that injury is very uncomfortable. You talk about twisting and turning and then not being able to see people hitting you. You can't brace yourself. And a lot of people think those rib pads are going to be able to protect you and, and absorb some of the hit. No, it doesn't work like that. Breathing hurts your ribs. Breathing hurts the rib cartilage. All those type of things that, just, that Justin Herbert are going through right now while still out there going trying to hit. You see his facial expression grimacing when I think it was one of the times he may have turned the football over, but you just see him on the ground and his facial expression saying, damn, I'm out here trying my best, but I'm hurting like hell. Yeah, I just love all the people on Twitter that are like questioning the toughness of players that, that have a hard time tweeting with the hangnail. All right, tune in to an NL Central <laughs> battle tonight. The Brewers host the Cardinals. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. That's right, that means no Spain and Fitz tonight, but you get a great NL Central battle. Coming up, which team is the rest of the NFL looking at for a blueprint on how they should be building? We'll tell you next on Kenny and Carlin. Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas filling in for the guys on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. All right, Canty and Carlin, uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Pitts in for the guys. Harry, I got to ask you about coffee, okay? Because our producer, Evan, uh, we were walking through the calf today, and there's a coffee store at the ESPN campus. We're very lucky to have these things. We'll call it 
Cloud Dollars. All right, there's the name of this uh, coffee place, and <laughs> so I went up to Cloud Dollars, and uh, and Evan got his coffee, and his coffee was a caramel apple macchiato. Now, here's what's important about this: mm-hmm. he took a sip of his coffee. I did not know what was in it, and he made a face. And I immediately knew what he ordered because he is the fourth person that has gone to Cloud Dollars uh, on campus in the last two days and gave me that look. I knew immediately what it was. And, and uh, Evan, I'm right. Like it was it was a caramel apple macchiato, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the actual like term was apple crisp macchiato. Apple crisp <laughs> yes. macchiato. So it's it's apple juice with, with, with coffee. Does this sound even remote? I don't know why people are ordering what? apple juice and coffee together, Harry. Tell me if I'm wrong. That's insane. You, I know you have the BGs right now. Your stomach has to be rumbling. <laughs> Apple juice makes your stomach hurt. Coffee, caffeine makes your stomach hurt. Evan, I know you've been to the restroom three or four times today. I have not, actually. Okay. But I will later say, on, later on I, the best way to describe it was it was like a mullet in my mouth because Whoa. at first, at first no. I got the apple flavor then i got the coffee on the back end so it was like you know business in the front party in the back like that's that's basically how the coffee was i, I don't know how i feel about he this he said like, a mullet in his mouth like is that an advertising if you're if you're cloud bucks uh cloud dollars uh do you come in and, and, and you cloud dollars do you come in and you say hey guys this 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 drink mullet in your mouth you buying that harry listen no joke the next time i'm up there on campus, the big campus, the main campus. I'm gonna try. Even though fit you know I hate caffeine, I do not drink caffeine, and I don't like coffee at all. I'm gonna try this just to see if I it can feel like a mullet in my mouth. Do, do a, you a business in the front party in the back? Is it, I had it right. That's right. Yeah, Evan, yeah. Right? Uh, uh, Harry Douglas drinks more Sprite than most people like in a day than most people drink in a year. Mm, don't do ask you, me what's uh, in this cup. Like, do you drink other flavors of Sprite or just regular Sprite? No, just regular Sprite. Okay, so you're not into like the like the LeBron issue of Sprite or like when they give you like the 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 different like weird twists on it mixed berry sprite or any of that we're not doing any of that no like yeah. I, sometimes I may throw some grenadine in there every now and then but that's it oh man he's going grenadine in his sprite that's full bougie uh, and by the way <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know Harry even drank sprite when he was playing in the league and like I, I'm pr- halftime of games before games on the sidelines I used to put it in a Gatorade bottle and, oh, and I'm over here like I, I'm over here eating and drinking exactly what I'm told at the time I'm told and I still look like a fat hog standing next to Harry who's drinking like 18 gallons of Sprite a day like I don't know how this don't uh, do uh, it Fitz uh, don't do it oh, God alright we'll get you more actual content coming up now it's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio the ESPN app series XM channel 80 ESPN plus and of course your smart speakers Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, filling in for the guys. I'm going to tweet it out. What's the weirdest flavor combination that you've ever bought and actually liked? And that's in honor of the apple crisp macchiato that Cloud Dollars is serving on campus right now. It's a weird coffee combo. We'll see if people can but get they us. Also, they also have to name it, though. Like, tell us what it feels like, like in your mouth. Like, no pun intended. Yeah, I mean, because like, we just found out that the uh, Apple Crisp Macchiato is a mullet in your mouth. Uh, so a party I, in the front. <laughs> no, no, business in the, in the front party. In the back. I, I, I still I, I can't get over that. Uh, so we'll, we'll have some fun on Twitter. You can hit us up uh, out there. In the meantime, uh, I, I want to take a second and acknowledge one team that we've all been talking about. Everybody's been talking about the Eagles. But I want to have the conversation from a different perspective, Harry, because – there are two things that I live, eat, and breathe. And one is the concept that if you have a young quarterback, you have an obligation mm-hmm. as a franchise to do everything you can to surround that young quarterback with weapons. So not because you're trying to win on a rookie deal, not just for that reason, but also because you want to see how great he can be. And I think the Eagles did that. 
But the other thing I think the Eagles did that is really smart in their roster construction is they realized that you don't win in the NFL on your quarterback alone. Like yesterday, I, I asked Dan Orlovsky in the halls as he was walking by. I said, why have so many of us been so wrong about games that we're picking? And Orlovsky, without hesitation, said, eh, we focus too much on quarterbacks. They're complete teams. And I think when you look at the Eagles, it's a good example of, hey, let's get it right at the wide receiver position. Let's get it right. Let's draft well to get big boys on the defensive line. Let's bring in great players everywhere and then ask less of our quarterback so he can be more of a player. Like the blueprint for the Eagles has been really solid. Let's surround him with talent and see what he can do. But they didn't just rely on one guy to win him football games. And I, th- I think it's the, the logical thing to do. You look at the Buffalo Bills and – Josh Allen and what they decided to do and bring over Stephon Diggs and add pieces around him. You look at Joe Burrow. Uh, they went and got his star receiver from LSU, Jamar Chase. Just a few young quarterbacks to, to, to name. You look at Justin Herbert. He has Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, right? Uh, Trevor Lawrence now. You see the pieces that they put around him, and he looks like a total different quarterback, and he has a grown-up and an adult as a head coach as well, too. He doesn't have Urban Meyer who wants to, you know – little gyration and do all those things you're not supposed to be doing as a, as a head coach or a man that's married, <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day. Um, you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, and I thought the best move that they made this year was going to get A.J. Brown. Why? Because there were times last year where I've seen Jalen Hurts throwing, throwing balls up, jump balls, to receivers that are Devontae Smith size, Quez Watkins size, and at the time Jalen Rager size. And you can't do that, right? You need a guy big-bodied in stature that can run, be physical, uh, be that physical presence out wide like A.J. Brown because I've seen him do it continuously over and over again while he was with the Tennessee Titans. Now, let's 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 break it more down to Philadelphia Eagles. They have the best offensive line in football. They were the number one rushing team a year ago, and they're, I, think, I believe they're top five right now in the lead as well. They're dynamic in the way they do things. I love the empty sets they get in, right? Five wide, not five wide receivers, but they do it with running backs and tight ends, but they empty the backfield. And they put Devontae Smith in the slot to the short side of the field and line the, line, line the uh, running back up outside of him. Let me tell you why that's dynamic. There are times and times over and over again where Devontae Smith is matched up with an outside linebacker that is used to rushing the quarterback. My receiver is going to win that matchup majority of the time, if not all the time. There are times where he's going up against safeties because defenses aren't adjusting to the empty set. I think that's brilliant. So I mentioned the offensive line. I mentioned the empty set. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is operating better from the pocket this year, and I'm so happy and so proud of him because it's a thing of beauty to see. I'm watching him throw, not panic, not be sped up by the defense, and he's sitting back there, and he's playing at his speed. He's not playing at the speed that the defense is trying to dictate, but he's delivering from the pocket. That is was one question. Also, another question, can he complete balls versus zone coverage? He's doing all those things. He's adding a throwing, uh, an accurate throwing game to his arsenal to go along with his phenomenal run game. And you look at those skill position players, but then you go over to the defensive side of the ball. They have a lockdown corner. They also have Brad, Bradbury on the opposite side. But that defensive line, who had nine sacks, nine sacks versus Carson, who? I don't even know if he wants to say his last name himself because he got sacked nine times, and he should be mad at his offensive line. Nine sacks in a ball game last week versus the Washington Commanders. That defensive line is stout. That secondary I like for the Eagles, that offensive line, the running backs, the skill position players, the wide receivers, and then Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was the chess piece into this, coming into the season. 
He's playing lights out football. I don't have him as my number one candidate for MVP right now. I have him as my number two. I have Lamar Jackson as number one. But if Jalen Hurst can continue to play the way he's been playing and lead this team uh, in the manner that he has, he can win MVP easily this year. It's very similar to what San Francisco decided a long time ago. Let's build a great roster and then try and find the right quarterback. Now, they got their quarterback in Philly in the middle of that process, but the fact that they've got that quarterback playing with those weapons – gives them such a better uh, opportunity to evaluate Jalen Hurts, but also just a better opportunity to let him develop without asking him to do everything. So often I feel like we just put young quarterbacks out there and say, go cook without giving them any ingredients to cook with. In the meantime, is Patrick Mahomes missing Tyreek Hill? We'll ask a Hall of Famer next about it. It's Kenny Carlin, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys on ESPN Radio. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.